Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. All right, back out to the phones in a little bit. Bears fans, interesting week, even though they've been eliminated. Can go in there, win against the Packers. Maybe it feels a little bit like what Detroit did last year. You build some serious momentum in the back half of the year. Play much better from Halloween on. I mean, much better. It would have been tough to predict this 180 for this Bears team, but sweat has helped. That defense getting healthier has helped. Jalen Johnson sort of finally emerging as maybe a, a real legit answer as a number one. At the very least, I think you franchise him, right? You've got money. The very least, yeah. I would think. I don't think you let Jalen Johnson get away this offseason. I, I think the range is 23 to 14. The range from uh, of your top 10, if it's the average of your top 10, I believe that's what I think it is, you're right. I, I'm pretty sure. That average, sounds right. Yeah, I think it's your average of your top 10 or your top 5. All the way from way. 14 million from 10 up to right, 23 million. Up to 23 one. million. So if I just wanted to do a ballpark figure, 37, say 38, um, 19 million, you know. Right. 19 million would be uh, maybe the number. It seemed reasonable, right? 20.5, something like that. Yeah, it would seem reasonable. Yeah, I guess that'd be a reasonable number. And, uh, so, yeah, you could do that. Like, I mean, you'd prefer to get him at at a four-year deal yeah. at $19 million. That way you know you got your guy in and he's solid and he's going to be there. You don't have to pay another guy for three years. Um, but this transformation, you know, where they've won now three out of four, you can make it four. You can make it, like Courtney said, you'd make it six out of your last seven, right? If you go in and you beat Green Bay, you finally beat the Packers, the transformation yeah. of this defense. Since week 10... I was just looking at this, York. Since week 10, Bears are number one in the NFL on defense in EPA per play. They're number one, York. By the way, you know who's number two? And I think San we, Francisco. No. Baltimore. Nope. And we've talked about it in terms of like, say what you want, but I think this guy can still coach. The Patriots. Yeah, Belichick. Like, he well, still has that that's defense what I tell you. playing. But that's like, what I tell you, too. When a team that might not be that far away, right. if they can just get their offense right, the, that's the Patriots' defense it. is good. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's where he's flubbed a lot, let's face it. Yeah. With the signings of the tight ends and the bad drafts of the, the, the wide receivers and Mac Jones not working hey, right. out. Even though it looked like he was going to work out his first year. Yeah. It's like, that's where he's failed. But, man, that defense... But the Bears, I mean, like, think about that defense and the teeth it's had here. Week 10 to Week 17 is a big data set. Number one, York, in EPA per play, number one yep. in success rate. Opponents are below 38% in success rate against the Bears' defense. And, get, like, that transformation has been real. Right, right. and then, then when you say, you know, why is it going to be different against the Packers this time, that's the reason. Your reason is because you're going to really be able to kind of press them and get after them. And you're going to be able to frustrate them, I think, a little bit more than you could that first game. All right, now and, I'm going to... And I think now that that's possibly what could be the difference for you. And right, now I'm going to give you some other numbers. Okay. And you can come over here and punch me in the head. No, I won't. Uh, or we can have a civil uh, conversation. Are I always ready? like civil conversations. So since week 11, Yurko. Yes. All right, since week 11 in the NFL, this quarterback... Is five and two. He's got a five and two record. He has sixteen touchdown passes to one interception. 
He's quarterback number two in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation behind only Brock Purdy. And he's quarterback number four in success rate behind only Purdy, the MVP Lamar Jackson, and Dak Prescott. I'll read those numbers again. He's 5-2 and two as a starter. He has 16 touchdowns to one interception. He's quarterback two in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. And he's quarterback four in success rate. Would you say that's a quarterback playing very well? It's a, it's a quarterback playing very well. Do you know who that quarterback is? Jordan Love. That quarterback is Jordan Love. Yeah. So the reason you said that. There's a reason you did that. Do you want to come over and punch me in the no, head? No, why would I want to punch you in the head? That quarterback, folks, is Jordan Love. Yeah, it's Jordan Love. And he may not be Favre and he may not be Rodgers, but he they might have themselves a nice quarterback. I like how you put that. Yeah. Might not be those guys, but he might be pretty good. Yeah, but he might be pretty good. Like, they, they may have found their quarterback for the next seven to ten years. Yurko, 16 touchdowns to one and, interception. Uh, and now, okay, Name me their leading receiver and how many yards he has. I'm guessing it's Dobbs or it's not. It could it? be Romeo Dobbs or it could be Jaden Reed. They're both oh, it might similar. Be Jayden Reed. That could but be. They're both similar. They got how many yards? Here, I'll look it up. No, I, no, 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 no. Oh. Oh, I don't want you to look it up. Um, they got 3,800 yards passing. What's their leading wide receiver have receiving? Uh, 890 yards. How about 684 yards? Wow. And the other guy's got like 660-some-odd yards. And then they got a third guy, uh, the, the Devanian McClody or something like yes. that, that you could take a look at. And uh, Davian McClody, I, I don't have his name right. I had it yesterday when I was looking at it. Um, he's got 500 and change. But after that, you know, their tight end didn't wow the world yet this no. year. And, and he's missing me. I mean, in fairness, Musgrave's missing right. games. But they've got a dispersity of offense that is kind of like weird. Where a lot well, of yeah, guys have caught J- a lot and, of bad and you're, you're right, it's Jaden Reed. Yeah. 681, Dobbs is next with 674, and then Wicks is... You're thinking of Dontavian Wicks. Yeah, I, I didn't know his name. Wicks I'm just trying is 520. to remember it. Watson hasn't played a lot, so he's down to right. 422. And Musgrave's missed some time, too. He's only at 341. And then your running backs got Dylan and uh, Aaron Jones in limited time. Yeah. They've got catches, That's, right? So I mean, Dobbs and Reed each have eight touchdowns. How about Christian Watson. He's, now, he's only played nine games because he's been hurt. He's, he's got 422 and five tutties. Yeah. He's got five tutties in nine games. Right. That's pretty good. But you want to talk about a dispersity of offense? Totally. And going a bunch of different directions? Jordan loves 38-43 passing yards, more than any Bear in a single season ever. A little bit more than Eric Kramer. And his 30 touchdown passes are more than any Bear has ever had. Yeah, in we touched season. on that yesterday. Uh, yuck. Thank you. Yuck. Thank you for now I might go over and punch you. Now, now that that little uh, salt on the open wound may 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 give you a little. It bit would of a pop. feel so good if the Bears went in right. there and beat him, and it'll be a, it'll be it a would true feel victory. So good. I, and I'm getting tired. Oh, of Oh, totally. This is the tire. What I'm tired of. Have you seen the teams that they beat? Yes, I've seen the teams that they beat. I saw them compete against Cleveland. Yeah, I saw them compete against Detroit. Yeah, I saw them compete against Minnesota. Yeah, Denver was a seven win team. Remember, we're just trying to rise through the muck right now. We're a mediocre football team right now trying to make their way to being something special. And the Bears' defense looks like it's getting there to be something special. And they still need to make some additions and, and a subtraction here or there. Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty good win here. And, and with 10 million went Nagakwe, I get back. Eddie Jackson, thank you for everything that you've done for us, but it's time to go. Eddie Jackson's $10 million coming And Cody. Back. You'd save on Eddie and Cody. Cody. And Lucas Patrick. Lucas Patrick only signed a two-year deal. I don't want Lucas Patrick here no more. That's true. Let's go to 
Mark and Matson on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mark. Good afternoon, guys. How are you guys doing today? Good. What's happening? Great. Well, first of all, I just want to say uh, thank you for what you do every day. I enjoy it immensely. And then I just want to float uh, an idea by you. And that idea is to take the number one pick trade down, but only to the point where we can assure ourselves Marvin Harrison Jr. And then we take our second first-round pick, and we trade up, and we draft Michael Penix Jr., and we have him compete with Justin. What are your thoughts on that? Not bad. You can't go farther than three, I'll tell you that, if you're going to get Marvin, it looks like. Mark, thanks. I like Penix. I mean, and I know Yurko's liked him a lot this year. I know you don't watch a ton of college football, but what you've seen, you like him. Uh, you can't argue with the results. Now, you're going to get a little older player, obviously, but Joe Burrow was a little older when he came in this league. That might not be a bad thing. You know, like, why did Tyson Bajan play, you know, why, why was he serviceable as a rookie when the Bears had to throw him into the fire? Kid played like 55 college games. I mean, yep. kind of, you know, and I know it's a huge step from Division Two to the NFL, but you can tell he was a kid that sort of knew how to prepare and knew how to get himself ready and understood offense, understood how to diagnose a defense, quite frankly. Now, there's physical limitations with Bajan, but, you know, maybe there's something to be said for a kid that's played that many college games. And Penix has played a lot of games. Does his injury injury um, history have any concerns? That's a good question, Yerk. I'm trying to think, are like there's some comps of guys that had that sort of double bubble injury history that have come in maybe a little bit. But, boy, he's been impressive, man. Like, he was so impressive Monday night. You know, we talk about, like, being on time and throwing with anticipation, throwing with accuracy. That kid does it. Like, he does it. Yeah. He doesn't take sacks. He doesn't get sacked, Yerk. And a lot of times that's not just a good old line. That's on the quarterback. Like, he's smart. He doesn't get sacked. He doesn't take unnecessary hits. You know how many times Michael Penix has been sacked this year? Four, what have they played? 14 games? They're 14-0, right? I believe so. You know how many times he's been sacked? 11. He's been sacked 11 times. Well, that's pretty good. You know, you know it's also... they got a decent schedule. I mean, they've got... They don't have a patsy schedule. They've yeah, got a they decent play some schedule. Defense, but, I mean, still, like, it's very impressive. Like, when you watch him, it definitely feels like a kid that understands how to play the right. position. Marvin Harrison. I, I, I've, I've got to go to Marvin Harrison. Where is he going to go? Where is he going to be? Uh, six four, yes, two hundred plus pounds. Malik Neighbors, six foot, two hundred pounds. Rome Adunze, who I love. Rome Adunze. Rome. I'm Rome calling Adunze. him Rome Adunze. Six three, two hundred and fifteen pounds. I love him. Everybody's in the four three four four range. All of them. Four three seven, four three nine, four four range. All of them. Uh, would you be happy with either of the three? I would be happiest with Harrison or Dunze, just me personally. If you told me five years from now, if somebody came back from the future and said, Carm, you were right, Roma Dunze is every bit as good, if not better than Marvin Harrison, I would not be surprised. I think he's that good. Dude, he's got 1,500 yards. He's got like 15 touchdowns. You can argue he's had a better year than Marvin Harrison. He's had a better quarterback. Right. And so that does matter. Like, that matters. Michael Penix, a lot better. Okay? I get it. If you told me in five years, hot damn, your dumb ass was right. He's a better NFL wide receiver than Marvin Harrison. I wouldn't be shocked. And only, I don't think Marvin Harrison's going to be bad by any stretch. Don't take it that way. Right. They might both be great. Only four receivers went in the first round last, last year. There's only four? Only four. 
and they were from number uh, 20 to number 23. It was Nagibge, what's his name? Jackson Smith and Jigma. Yeah, and Jigma. Who's flashed at times? Quentin Johnson. He's terrible. Zay Flowers. Very good. Jordan Addison. Uh, I think will be very good. There you go. Those were your four. Johnson looks like the bust. Yeah, those were your four. Yeah. Do you know who was drafted a lot later? Puka. Puka. was fifth round. Puka Nakua. He's going to have 1,500 yards. I did something based off of what you just brought up last night. I did a little experiment. Not an experiment. I just did a little research. A little look. I'll talk about that with you coming up next. ADP? Are we talking about ADPs? ADPs. Average draft position. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I want to talk to you about it. And okay. some of the results might surprise you. Maybe they won't, maybe they will. I want to talk to you about that coming up. 312-332-3776. Jalen Johnson, Komet Mooney, uh, Scales all did not practice as anticipated. DJ Moore limited with his ankle injury. Didn't look like it hobbled him last week. Guy's a stud, man. DJ Moore is a flat-out stud. It's Carmen in New York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Right, back out to the phones here in a few. People want to talk Bears, what they should do, what the offseason holds. Thoughts on the Green Bay game? 312-332-3776. All right, here's what I did last night. You ready, Yurko? And maybe I should do this like over uh, a bigger data set. I just looked at data from this season to kind of get an idea. Like we're talking right, about right. how high should Marvin Harrison be drafted, and you know how high is too high, and where can you find better? You know, is it easier value. to find better wide receivers late? Can you find better value on wide receivers late? Where do the best quarterbacks come from? And like you're going to say, ADP, the average draft position. All right, I went with the top eleven here, just because that way it'll give us an easier median top eleven. Uh, uh, top eleven quarterbacks in term of uh, uh, EPA per uh, EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. Top eleven quarterbacks this season, minimum three hundred snaps, and then the top eleven wide receivers in terms of yards. Okay, okay. those are the two coming out of college. Or no, these no, I'm talking pros? about in the NFL. Oh, okay. this, this year in the NFL, I've got you. I did eleven just because it's easier than uh, with an odd uh, number, you know, an odd set of numbers to find uh, our median. Okay, right. Top 10 quarterbacks, minimum 300 plays this year in the NFL. This is EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. Purdy, one. Dak, two. Two, a three. Allen, four. Cousins, five. Forget how good of a year Cousins was having before he got hurt, Yerk. And he just barely makes the cutoff. Hurts, six. Lamar, the MVP, seven. Mahomes, eight. Baker Mayfield, maybe the shocker in that group, nine. But he's had a pretty good year. Jordan Love, there he is again, damn it. Top 10, he's 10th. Jared Goff, 11th, okay? Seven of the top 11 were drafted in the first round. But the median is a first-round pick. Your average is 2.2, okay? Top wide receivers, terms of yards, top 11. Your Tyreek, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Puka, Amon-Ra, Brandon Ayuk, D.J. Metcalf, Amari, Keenan Allen... But we forget what Keenan Allen, the, with like, he's missed five games, I think. It's he, incredible. He and Tyreek Hill at one point during the season were like two of the top four receivers in the league. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans, 10. Jamar Chase, 11, Yerk. Yeah. Okay. Six of those top 11. So I told you seven of the top 11 quarterbacks were first round picks. Six of the top 11 wide receivers were first round picks. And the median, again, is a first rounder. The average is almost identical, just a little bit more. It's like 2.27. 
if you look at, you know, you just add them up and divide it. Like, that, I, that's kind of amazing when you think about it. If you look at quarterbacks like 12 through, tw- I'm sorry, if you look at wide receivers like 12 through 20, where you're still talking about all 1,000-yard receivers, you know, you, you do start seeing a lot of second-round picks and later. You brought up Puka. He was a, a fifth-rounder. Uh, Amon Ra's oh, a fourth-rounder. Fourth rounder. Keenan Allen was a third-rounder. Tyreek was a fifth-rounder. If you look at guys um, outside, like I said, between sort of like 12 and 20, still all productive, all over 1,000 yards, all very, very good. Devontae Adams was a second-rounder. Uh, Stephon Diggs was a fifth-rounder. Nico Collins was a third-rounder. Pickens, Pittman, and Metcalf were all... Uh, Metcalf's in the top half. Um, Pickens, uh, Pittman were um, all uh, third-rounders, I believe. I think, or second or third-rounders. But if you just look at the top 11, it is kind of interesting. By the way, I said DK uh, Metcalf. DJ Moore. DJ that, Moore. D, and DJ was a first-round pick. Right. So, I don't know. What do you make of that? I would have thought... It would, I, I would have thought the median for the wide receivers would have been lower than a first-round pick, or higher, however you want to view it. Like I, I wouldn't have thought that it would have been a first-rounder. I thought, oh, this is going to be second or third round. Not the case. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to get How can you have a fifth-rounder, a fourth-rounder, a third-rounder, a second-rounder, and not be out of the first round? I just did. Do if I average. lined up the data set, one, 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 and looked at the median. The oh, median in, in the middle. Yeah. You didn't add them all up, though. I and did. Then, and then what'd you get? Uh, so if you add up round one, round one, round run for all the quarterbacks, you end up with twenty-four. That's the that's that's twenty-four minus eleven is two and change. Right? Yeah, you said two point two. Yes. And the other one is is twenty-five. Okay. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I got like I was a little surprised by it, but uh, does that just mean wide receivers are? So much more valuable these days. They go in the first round more often, and there are a lot of very good ones. Well, like I said, there were only four last year. There were four. Yeah, you right. named them. There were only four last and year. Like, and three of all. the four have been good. Yeah. One looks like a bust. Right. Right. Well, right now, they're not getting him the football. He looks like a bust. Hey, he does look like he can run a ton of routes. He doesn't like he can get open. He doesn't like, yeah, he can't get away from people. That's a problem. I mean, you he's know, huge, he, but he can't get away from people. DJ anybody. Moore to get open in a play last week. Leveraged into a guy, pressed into him, then broke off of him. So when he decided to break, when he leveraged into the guy, that's when he created a space. That's what Quentin Johnson has to learn. That's a good point. He's got to learn how to move into a guy's space, into his body, make him uncomfortable, then break off of that. Hmm. And once he learns how to do that, he might become a little bit better, might give himself a little bit more space. Now, again, you can find really good wide receivers in the second, third, Everywhere. fourth, and fifth round. Yeah. I mean, we see it every year. You, like I was telling you, you can go through the list. Um, they're out there. They are def- the, the Adams, I, I, the I Diggses, think, the I Pickens, the Pittmans, they're out when there. When you're looking at offensive tackles, I think there might be a little bit more of a bias for first-round picks and offensive tackles. Now, Larry Allen came out, played guard. And became a uh, tackle later on. Larry Allen was further down the line. Eric Williams was one of those guys. James Williams that played here for the Bears. Yeah. Uh, was a guy that was not drafted in the first round. But if you want to have a good left tackle in this league, usually first round is where you got to go find a good left tackle. In the centers, you can find... Centers you can find wherever you want. You know, only a handful of centers ever get drafted. Dermani Dawson, uh, Pouncey, yeah. uh, uh, Kevin Maway. You know, this guy would be somebody that's like running a four seven forty, mm. and it's three hundred pounds with a wrestling background. That was just a dominant center when he played in college football. Dwight Stevenson, 
I think might have been a first round pick. Second rounder, I was just checking. Did you? I yeah. just checked. Second I round pick out of Alabama. To check. Out of Alabama. Second round pick out of Alabama. Yeah. He was the forty eighth overall pick and yeah. you know, maybe the best center of the last Well, career years. Uh, injury uh, shortened by injury. Yeah. And when he had a chance to go in, there wasn't a defensive tackle that played against him that said he wasn't the best. Right. Period. That was it. It said Mongo used to tell stories yeah. about playing him. He said you wouldn't yeah. even believe yeah. how good he was. He was so strong. Yeah. And Mongo's a strong right. I mean, like, think about it. Mongo's a monster. A monster. And he's like, he was sto- he'd tell stories about Dwight Stevens, and he's like, he was a wrecking ball. He's, just, he's like, he couldn't, he couldn't beat him. So centers usually can find second, third, fourth round. 312-332-3776 is the number. Let's go to Tom in Oaklawn. What up, Tommy? Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, so, so I was just wondering because I've heard, you know, two of the scenarios – you know, whether the Bears go out, they beat the Packers, and Justin Fields plays well, or whether they get boat raced and Justin Fields doesn't play well. What if what if the Bears win, but it's like a 13-10 game and Justin Fields doesn't play well? Like, he doesn't throw an interception or anything like that, but he doesn't throw for a touchdown, and maybe he just gets just under 200 yards passing and such like that. Do we still get the positive vibes and everything because know. we beat the yeah. Packers and uh, and such, or is it just Don't are know. they drowned it out because Fields doesn't didn't play very well and now we got to go through this? Well, are they going to trade him and draft a quarterback? Uh, well, that's going to happen anyway. That's, that's going to happen, happen anyway. Yep. Even if he right. if even if he goes out and has himself a three touchdown d- a game. That's still going to happen. I guess we'll see how the game goes, Tommy. I mean, like, it's as simple as that. A win's going to be good, I think, no matter what. And if Justin Fields plays well. That'll be really good. If he plays good, that's even better for the Chicago Bears. That's the cherry on top. Tommy, thanks, buddy. Let's go to uh, Mike in Detroit on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, man. Good. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I'm, I'm going to speak from uh, experience. I think this game you guys have against Green Bay is is much bigger than you think. The carryover we had last year when Detroit beat Green Bay, the last game of the year, Rodgers' last pass interception, and uh, we knew going into the game that uh, Seattle had already won, so we were eliminated. Yes. They came out, played like rock stars, and the carryover was unbelievable. That was like our Super Bowl. And, and you can see what the carryover has been. But I think the importance of you guys winning is is much bigger than, than people give it credit for, seeing how uh, yeah, it think, happened in Detroit last year. Yeah, I think we've said that, Mike. I, I don't disagree. Yurko doesn't disagree. I, I don't think we're downplaying it or poo-pooing it at all. I, yeah, You hit on exactly what we said early, especially once Detroit knew they were eliminated when Seattle won that game in the late window. And, yeah, the league and... NBC didn't get exactly what they wanted, but like Yurko said, it was a great game. Yeah. And Detroit came out and said, F it, let's go. And they won 8 out of 10 to close the year last year. Remember, they were 2-6. and six. Yes. They won 8 out of 10. And again, I think the trajectories are a little different because I really think you started to see Ben Johnson's influence on Goff in that offense. And it was like, whoa, like, especially inside, it's like, this is pretty good. This offense is creative and it's dynamic and Goff is uh, getting it. And The Bears would have started 2-7 and seven and finished 6-2. and two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll like take it. I, I'll take I, it. I think I don't. And if I God, I hope we're not coming off as we're downplaying it. I feel like we've done the exact yeah. opposite. Like and it'd be, it would be a very significant win for this franchise. The two games you you had lead in, double digit leads, you found a way to lose. Yeah, Cleveland in, and the in Denver, and no, no, no Detroit. No, no, Detroit. I'm talking about in the last eight. In the last eight, it was eight. Cleveland and Detroit. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, in the last eight. 
Like, think about that. And look, that's in the past. It is what it is. They lost yeah. those games. I they get, did. But, but to have that kind of record in the back half of the year, to yes. beat Green Bay when Green Bay is going to be favored, considering what Green Bay did to you in the opener, uh, yeah, I think it's... I think, I think it would be significant, and I think it is important for the Bears this Sunday, even though they're already eliminated. Kyle's in Peoria. Hey, Kyle. Hey. Hello? Hey there. Hey, hey. sorry. Sorry. Getting off the Bluetooth. What's up? Hey, so the, I love scenarios, and the scenario that you brought up about the Broncos really just put my head in a whirlwind. So, <laughs> you know, full, full disclosure, I think we need to keep fields. I think there's way too many intangibles if we get rid of them we lose the locker room, so keep building around him. But that Broncos idea, last year when we traded for, with the Panthers, um, I can't remember the entire trade off the top of my head, but I know we got last year's their first-round pick last year, this first-round pick, and then D.J. Moore, and I think there was one other piece. It was a second-rounder there, too. Yeah. Second-rounder. So, you know, I, I don't love this idea, but it's like if the Broncos gave us their pick and – a next round or a first round pick for next year if they have it in a Cortland Sutton. I mean, Sutton Ooh. has two years left on his contract, just like DJ Moore. It gives you the same time frame and it gives you a two year window to compete. And I think most franchises really only have a three year window to really, really compete, except for like if you're a dynasty, which is very rare. I don't know. Don't love it, but what do you think about it? Yeah, uh, it's the, and thank you, Kyle. I'm glad we put your head in a little bit of a whirlwind. I, look, I mean, granted, it's out there, but I'm like, what if Sean Payton falls in love with one of them? And he says, listen, you brought me here for a reason. We're moving on from Russ. I got to have Caleb. I got to have Drake May. I got to have whoever, whomever it is. Probably one of those two. If he says, I, I, I promise. I was going to draft Mahomes. Andy Reid beat me to the punch. He jumped us. I'm telling you what I see here. We got to go up and get him. Like, is it crazy? You'd pay a huge premium if you're Denver. You're going 14 to 1. That's huge. Jericho's like, I don't know. That's too big of a jump. And look, look, look it's very pie in the sky. I get it. I also don't see them trading Cortland Sutton in any deal. I think the situations are different than they were in Carolina last year. And I think the owner in Carolina is a little bit more like just shoot from the hip. Right. You know, I don't know if Frank Reich ever loved the idea of getting rid of DJ Moore. Your problem is you still have to pay your guy $37.5 million next year. That's it. He's guaranteed $37.5 million. Russell Wilson. That's, that's why he that, might very other, much want a... Yeah, the other guarantee... Yeah. Um, the one they're not going to have to opt into is for two years at $37.5 million, Correct. Which is why they stemmed their tide and yeah. said, let's not commit financial suicide at the quarterback position. we got to pay him one more year. That's what we have to do. But we won't pay him two more years. Could also be why he wants a young quarterback, too, right, Yerk? Yeah. Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. You be uh, uh, in front of your TV tonight at 7.30 with ABC on? You know what's on ABC tonight at 7.30, don't you? Uh, is it... Is it Jeopardy? Celebrity Jeopardy? Jeopardy's on at 3.30, my friend. I love Celebrity Jeopardy. It's Bulls and Knicks. Bulls and Knicks? On ABC tonight, Erica. Boy, that's exciting. Can't wait to see uh, what do you think of the Patrick new look? Ewing and Michael Jordan really go at it. That'll be fun. What do you think of the new look Knicks since the trade for OG and Precious? <laughs> oh, yeah. I- I've never been so excited it. for Knicks basketball. I love it. Get to see uh, Jalen against his hometown team. Uh, Joel Embiid, man. Triple-double. He played 30 triple minutes double. last yeah. night. Yeah, triple-double. 
Hi, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, at one point they were playing a small lineup against them, and well, without Vooch, like without trying, Vooch, right? And then yeah. Drummond can only play so long. Exactly. Yes, I got it. Yeah, it wasn't good though. Who is the league's leading scorer over the last three seasons? Well, two plus seasons. Uh, it's, two and a half seasons. I think, I think it's Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Yeah. Dude. Is he averaging 30 points a game this He's year? He's averaging 35. 35 points a game? <coughs> and well, that, a career high 6.2 assists per game. Oh, looks like he's trying to bring it up, huh? Dude. He knows what he's got to do to get battle with Joker. Yeah. Well, and he won it last year, and some people thought he shouldn't have. But again, but, voter fatigue. Yeah, I get you. But Joker don't care. He doesn't care. He does. He will never lobby one uh, half a second for the award. He doesn't care. He is upset when they stop him when he's on the buggies yeah. with his horses. Agreed. And he's got to stop the buggy and stop the training. What are you guys doing to me? Why are you interfering with my normal day of operations here at the racetrack? Like why are you presenting me with this idiotic, stupid trophy? Why are you guys messing? Yeah, with Yeah. Why you mess with him? Joel Embiid uh, is averaging since the, uh, the last two plus seasons. Right. Two and a half years now. Almost, anyway. 32.3 points per game. Luka Doncic is second at 31. Mm-hmm. And then the only other player averaging 30 or more over that span, Yurko, Giannis, 30.6. Yep. Just those three players. Right, Giannis. Pretty incredible. Pretty impressive. Pretty good. One of these days, stuff. Luka's going to win his MVP, too. Will he? Just by not- yeah, he will. He'll will win his one. team ever be good enough? Um, Yeah, they're good. I mean, they're good. And Luke is still so young, and he's, he's so good. I mean, What's like he, he 24 now? Sounds about right, right? Got 23, 24, sounds about right. He'll win one someday. He will. And uh, his team's not bad. I mean, you know, they started off hot. They've come back down to the pack a little bit. All right, let's go back out to the phones. People talking bears with us. We'll cross out with Waddle and Sylvie coming up at 2. Black and Abdallah on tonight, 6 until 8. How about our buddy Randy in Seattle? Happy New Year, Randy. Happy New Year, boys. Good to be back with you, as always. Absolutely. I we, hey, I thought we'd talk a little bit of baseball. All right, stop it. <laughs> don't get Yurko kidding. mad. Just kidding. I don't want Yurko to hit either one of us. Um, i got a question. I don't know if you guys have an answer or not. The Justin Fields conversation will continue to go on for however long it goes on. It's exhausting. And I was at one point I was going to talk about him. But I do have a question relating to him. And that is, we talk about Justin Fields, we talk about Lugetsi. I don't hear one word about Andrew Janoko, the quarterback's coach. Why is that? I don't think people pay close enough attention to it, Randy. That's why. I, but know, shouldn't we? Um, I mean, we're talking about the quarterback's coach. His job is to develop a quarterback. I think offensive coordinators and play callers are just – more in, more involved and more important to the maybe not the overall development, but just the the, the overall success of the offense. I don't know that that's. I mean, I don't even know how many quarterbacks coaches I can name around the league. You can name most of the offensive coordinators. I don't know how many offensive outside of the Bears, you know, which was uh, our I'm hometown to, team. I'm, I'm going to familiarize myself right now. And then every once in a while, you'll hear a name and you'll go, oh, "Yeah, like I've heard," and he's the hot name to watch out for but i don't know randy like oh. I, I i i mean I, I, yeah i don't know either i mean matt Nagy was a quarterback's coach he was um luke getsy was a quarterback's coach these guys get promoted up a lot of maybe them are the when they're young yeah. yeah absolutely i mean if but, you went through the history of it i'm guessing guys like mcveigh right. mcdaniel they might all have started well, off at let, some point coaching let's, quarterback let's, let's give janoko his due then 
Well, like I think Randy's saying, do we need? Are you saying they should, if they're going to replace Getsy, they should replace Janoko too? I, I assume that's what you're getting at. Uh, I'm kind of going in that direction, boys. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's a fair point, Randy. Thanks. Like, if they change offensive coaches, you know, it, should it definitely be plural and not singular? I guess. Like, will Janoko get caught up in that? Well, Age thirty-five. Can, like, can I give you a little background on this guy, please? Because uh, I don't know who the hell he was talking about. Plays yeah. college ball, seven to ten at Pittsburgh. Backup quarterback. Backup quarterback. Holder on special teams. He's 35. He's Young a grad, grad assistant. Offensive quality control with Tampa a couple of years. Mercyhurst quarterback coach. The Vikings hired him 15-16. Offensive quality control. Sounds like Zimmer hired him. Yep. Quality control guy. Yep. Uh, assistant offensive line coach, which means he collated and put together stuff and didn't really coach anything in 2017. Co-offensive line coach means he got the little bit of a, a a little bit of bump. Then assistant offensive line coach, which co-offensive line, assistant offensive line, uh, he's back to where he was in 2017. He went to coach the receivers. Not crazy, right? In a progression of a coach because Andy Reid coached tight ends. Then he went and coached another position, yeah. wide receivers, I believe. Then he became a coordinator. Yeah. Before he ended up jumping well, out to uh, Philadelphia, well, like, and, and look, his resume, I don't even know. But like you you, you could speak to it. Vikings quarterback coach, what he's comfortable with. And then he became the quarterback coach for the Chicago Bears 2022 to you, present. You could speak to it. When Randy says, well, why aren't we talking about him more and how important is he? You were, you know, you've talked always about Holmgren, staff, and Green Bay. It was an impressive group of yeah. offensive coaches, and I think Mooch was Favre's quarterback coach, wasn't Steve he? Steve Mariucci was Favre, right. Favre Detmer, Brunel. From your experience... How vital is the quarterback coach to the development of a young quarterback? Or is it more the offensive coordinator? Well, most of the time, he's the guy that's spending a lot of time with it. But, you know, Luke Getzey at some point was a quarterback coach before he became a coordinator, I'm assuming. Might have been. So he may get some input in there, and he may stay in the quarterback's room as an offensive coordinator. Kyle Shanahan spent a year at, like you talked about the progression. He went from wide receiver, he went from quality control to wide receiver's coach to quarterback's coach. Right. Okay? I'm going to look up ball. I'm going to look up McDaniel, too. When you say that, you're probably right that a lot of them. Okay, here's McDaniel, coaching intern, offensive assistant, running backs coach. Now, it looks like he never was a quarterback coach. He went from running backs to wide receivers, offensive assistant, run game coordinator, offensive coordinator under Shanahan, head coach. Andy Reid, assistant offensive line and tight ends coach, 92 to 96, 97 quarterbacks coach, an assistant head coach. And then he gets the head coaching job in 1999. I don't know how important it is. I don't know if Janoko's failed Justin Fields, if he's helped him more than we know. That's a tough, nuanced thing. I don't know. Yurko could speak to it better. He's been in those buildings. He understands the dynamic of the different coaching positions. I know what you think about your position coaches. I know the ones you liked. Yep. I know the ones you didn't like. Yep. I know the one you loved in yep. Greg Blosh, yep. who taught you a lot. So. Yes. Maybe there is something to it. Yeah, like, and I didn't have any issues with John Peace and Clarence Brooks, who were my other two. I know the one. And Dan Sakonovich, who was with me in uh, the Miami Dolphins when I was on the practice squad. Yeah. The only guy I had a problem with was Larry Brooks Larry because Brooks. he didn't know what the hell he was doing. Right. So there's one you really didn't like, there's a bunch you liked, and then there's one you loved. And that was Greg Block. And, and Larry was harmless. I mean, he didn't have a mean bone in his body. He, you know, he, a good he, he didn't have a malicious bone in his body. He just was not good at what he did. And so, like, yeah, I mean, 
So you had to find a way to win in spite of them, really. Mm-hmm. In, in essence, what ended up happening. If the Bears make some offensive tweaks to that staff, Janoko could get caught up in it if they feel like he hasn't done. But only they could tell you that. Like, I don't know how we can assess that, I guess, is what I'm saying. Only the Bears can assess, like, what is happening in that building and what has Janoko done to really help or potentially hurt Justin Fields' development. And if their minds, they're not getting enough, they'll potentially make a change. But that's a tough thing for, like, any fan to be able to look at, like, oh, it's Andrew Janoko's fault. Or it's, you know, Matt Nagy being Patrick Mahomes' quarterback coach when Mahomes was a rookie and didn't play in 17, but he was his quarterback coach. Well, that's why Patrick Mahomes is good. I don't think you're going to find a football fan anywhere that's going to say, yeah, Matt Nagy deserves some credit. It's probably more Andy and Mahomes just being awesome. But that's a tough thing, I think, for a fan to assess. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Something we were talking about off the air because we were watching Caitlin Clark. She's something. The Iowa. Iowa. You should celebrate Caitlin Clark, Clark in Iowa basketball because that Iowa football team stinks. Incapable uh, offense. Uh, you know how many points Iowa scored in its last two games? Uh, six. Zero. The Iowa Hawkeyes played Michigan and Tennessee in the Big Ten title game and a bowl game on New Year's Day and scored a grand total of zero points. The Iowa, to put that into perspective, Kent State, who went 1 and 11 this year, was the lowest scoring team in the FBS, 1 and 11. Scored like 14.7 points per game. Okay. Iowa scored 20 plus points once in its last eight games. They averaged 10.6 points per game over their last eight games. 10.6. Again, the lowest scoring team in the FBS was Kent State. That went 1 and 11, averaged 14.7 points per game. Guess who the second lowest scoring team in the FBS was this year? Iowa. Iowa. That won like 10 games in the stupid Big Ten West. Pathetic. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. Absolutely pathetic. If you're an offensive football player, why would you ever choose Iowa? I don't know, but they got great tight ends. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. We were just watching the highlights of Caitlin Clark. I said to these guys, my, my good friend of mine, one of my neighbors, was telling me, bought tickets. I, I was playing DePaul coming up here. Yeah. And we trust shortly. His daughter, my, my daughter's age, they're friends, great, she's good at basketball. She loves basketball. She loves Caitlin Clark. Dad, come on, please, please, please. I want to go see her play, Dad. I asked these guys, take a guess. What do you have to pay to get in? I guessed 100 bucks. Adam guessed 400 He was pretty close. What do you think tickets for DePaul men's basketball cost? Free. I'm guessing $5. Free. Caitlin Clark, he's dropping like 350 Good for her. And she's making some NIL, right? Doesn't she get a little? Didn't I read that last I, I year? I think Good she's wetting her. her beak. Good. A little bit more than wetting her beak. Because she's rolling into town getting, you know, 150 bucks a ticket. I Could you get it free? Yurko says free. What is men's basketball? Men's basketball. A free. Paul men's game? Eh, probably yeah. free. If, I could probably buy a ticket yeah. for four dollars yeah. if I went down there. Yeah, if you can imitate Terry Cummings, you know, shot. Remember Terry Cummings had that unique little shot he has. Yeah, yeah. If you can do Terry Cummings shot, you get in free. I love Terry Cummings. 
Great Chicago guy. Great. Played, played a long the time in the NBA. Played for the Milwaukee Bucks, if I'm not mistaken. Played a long time yeah. in the league, Terry Cummings. Love Terry Cummings. Oh, my God. Where, where do you guys want to sit? Uh, Creighton is in town next week Who's against the Paul. Creighton. What's it, what's it cost, Chris? Uh, where do you guys want to sit? Uh, let's say like my, 10 rows up. 10 rows up. I want my feet on the hardwood. 60 bucks. 60 bucks? You want to sit down low? 60 bucks. I bet you next week we can get him for 20. What about courtside? I want my feet on the wood. 130? But I will. <laughs> I'm not spending 130. You out of your mind? Go see that. No, sir. No, sir. Up top Bob. is 30. I mean, geez. Yeah, we'll get that for 10 on game day, though, Chris. When does Purdue Let's come wait to game town? Day. Does Purdue come to town this year? I, I Do don't they know, play I Northwestern it. at some point? Oh, well, I'll probably play Northwestern. Yeah, well, that's what I'm asking. I don't know if it's here. Is it still Welsh Shrine Arena up there? Mm, I believe. We still got Welsh Shrine Arena. Doesn't uh, Illinois plays Purdue on Friday? Illinois had a big win against Northwestern. At, at Purdue? They're, I believe it's at Purdue, yes. At Purdue? I, I, I think so. On Friday? This Friday. You know, the kids aren't back there yet. <laughs> well, they'll be back my, this weekend for that. Might be, might be a chance to get down there and see a game. What do you think? <sighs> I don't know. I'm just not into college basketball I enough. know. Look at you. Well, what does that mean? Well, you don't just, like college football. I just don't like college basketball. Oh, what are you talking about? I watched it. Well, I, I'm going to be so real quick. The rest of the bowl games are crap. They're There's crap. only three bowl games that matter. They're crap. And I'm They're... sorry, uh, my nephew at South Florida, they beat up on uh, Syracuse. I think it was like 40-something to nothing. Mm. Um, but those games don't matter. No, nothing matters anymore. It's crappy. They don't I matter. Know. None of these games matter except for the two that were played on Monday and the next one. You created a system that made everything else junk and garbage. And then, like, I'm sorry. And what happened to Florida State? Like, we didn't talk about this yesterday. I mean, this is going all the way back to Saturday at this yeah, point. And this but is the Georgia and Kirby Smart saying that they've got to fix this. Yeah, like 17 guys didn't play. Like, Florida State lost like 20 kids to the transfer portal. Tate Rodemaker was one of those who's the backup to Jordan Travis. Like, and I'm not saying, like, I agree with Abdallah. I'm not saying Florida State's winning that game with Tate Rodemaker. I don't, but it might have been a little different. And if they didn't lose 20 guys, it might have been a little different. And then the other part of it is, like, if you really are interested in getting the best four, and I know it's done now. We're going to go to 12. I guess we'll still argue about it because maybe the 13th team. But right, the, the, I got news for you. Georgia's one of the four best teams in the country, and that's just the way it is. Like, Yurko, I can almost guarantee you that every sports book in Las Vegas – and every professional gambler in the country, certainly any professional gambler that makes college football his or her main domain, right? I can, and we'll, maybe we'll ask Furman tomorrow. I would be willing to bet you almost anything that every one of them would power rank the Georgia Bulldogs ahead of every other team in the FBS. And if you say, well, why does that matter? That's how they set their lines. Their power rankings are based off very sophisticated mathematical algorithms. And by Georgia being power rated number one, that means, Yerk, Georgia would be a favorite on a neutral field against any team in the country. I would almost guarantee you that that's the case, that Georgia right now would be power rated and favored on a neutral over anybody. And so, yeah, they're one of the four best teams. Yeah. 
before the uh, before the games kicked off on Monday, you could have bet Alabama against Texas or against Washington, and they were a favorite. Both Alabama and Michigan were favorites uh, over the other over the other two, regardless of the matchup. You right. could have bet those before. I mean, you would have gotten your money back because Alabama lost, but yeah. you would have. They were both going to be favorites over Texas and Washington, and Georgia would be favored over Bama, right, Adam? Um, yeah, probably. I would I, think so. I, I'd be. I'm telling you guys. Well, let's ask Furman tomorrow. Because he'll know, and he could tell you what. Because he worked on that side of the counter, and he does. You know, he's a professional gambler, and you know, making his living that way now, and doing the podcast. But he knows what it's like. He worked. He booked at Caesars. He was one of their analysts. He's also the the rat bastard that made it go from three to two to six to five at the blackjack tables. But that's okay. Oh boy, we love him anyway. We like to bust his balls over that. He deserves it. Yes, he does. He, you know, he'll tell you. Oh yeah. The books are going to make Georgia favorites. So, all right. So, Fields is coming up in a few. We'll carry that live when it happens. We'll cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie. Uh, Matt Eberflus has the final word. We're back in two minutes. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have a last word. On Carmen and Yurko. We're going to keep it about us. You know, there's always that that factor of, hey, you know, there's uh, an important game for them, for sure, right? An important game for us, for sure. And, uh, you know, we're going to leave it at that. It's a rival, and uh, we're excited about going up there and playing some football.